you know, thank God for fathers that were saved, you know what I mean, that, that had the goods, you know what I mean, and, and his father uh, uh, was an example to me, and there was a time when Pastor Mitchell sought out his father because he was trying to, to break through on the Navajo Reservation. You know, I, I was in this church, and the pastor decided, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to ask this guy to go help my in-laws, they're getting older, old missionaries, Del County, Arizona. And so he asked me to go up to Del County. Del County is north of, of, uh, of Winslow, about 40 miles into the States. And when I got up there, you couldn't even see a house, man. There was a trading post here. There was a little church, and you couldn't even see houses, you know. There was, they didn't even have lights uh, here with NG Way to set up lights back then. And I moved there, and uh, in the morning, I, I it was Saturday morning, the next morning, and, and so I... Uh, I went up, I looked out in front of the trading post and there was horses and pickup trucks and, and uh, you know, all these new people and they became a family to me. I remember I, I saw this scene, man. I, you know, I saw, I saw it, man, and, and something in my heart leaped. You know? And I said, I didn't know this existed. I didn't know, you didn't know it was like this. You know, I, I just began to love the people. Something in my heart was planted. And then it really planted when I met my wife. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a real Navajo right there. Yeah. Right there, sitting right there next to a Mexican right there. Yeah. It sounds like a racist uh, uh, sermon because I'm racist. <laughs> I'm pro Navajo, pro Mexican, pro white people, pro black people, pro Chinese, pro all kinds of E's and wounded knees. I've been to Wounded Knee. Have you ever heard of Wounded Knee? There's a movie called Wounded Knee about the Sioux. I got to preach in South Dakota. I got to preach in Montana. Browning, Montana, the Blackfeet Indian. You know, I've got to go places. I've got to go to Cuenca, Ecuador. I've, I've got to go to uh, England and, and uh, man, I'm preaching uh, Bury St. Edmunds, you know. Recently, I found out the reason why they call it Bury St. Edmunds is because that's where they buried St. Edmunds. <laughs> Don't that sound like off the wall? Okay. The reason why we call it uh, Bury St. Edmunds uh, is because uh, this is where we buried St. Edmunds. You know what, man? You gotta be kidding me. You know, you, you didn't have to tell me that. It sounded like technically really a, a awesome city, man. A little funeral there, they named the city after that funeral. You know what? People are simple. All over the world, people are just people. And they're hurting and, and they're desperate, amen, for the life of God. They don't have the life of God. I had more life smoking weed than most people had life. You know what I'm saying? I was. But you know what? When I got the life of God, I didn't need nothing. Didn't need to spend $10 anymore on this and that, you know. Uh, didn't need to look for drugs. I was from the LSD generation. Don't kid yourself, you know. You just think about flashbacks. I've been sitting in the sermon, and, and anybody remember Hank Holton from the old days? You know, Hank Holton said, I could have been on an LSD trip, but I got to preach to you guys this morning. That's the kind of preacher he was. And he would just mention LSD, and I'd start having flashbacks in the church. I haven't taken drugs in years, man, but, but I start feeling it. You know, it, it, it really is a mind-expanding drug that, that stretches your brain into contortions and, 
And, and later on down the road, you're just back down the road, and like, oh man, I'm feeling something. What the heck is that? And you know what it is? Is it's demonic assault, actually. It's demonically driven. You can cast it out. You know what I mean? The Bible says, they that believe in me shall cast out devils. And you know one of the things about the church is they don't we don't spend a lot of time casting out devils, man. But we need to cast them out all the time, man. I mean, y'all wouldn't begin a prayer without saying, I find the devil, I rebuke Satan, the blood of Jesus. You know, I, you know, we're in a warfare. And we're a fortress of God made to dispel the darkness and bring the light of God, man. And you know, uh, I experienced that. I remember Tony learned by uh, Tamaris Park in South Phoenix, you know, he was needing a heroin fix. And I'd been saved two weeks. And I'm at the park, you know, I go to the park and I'm telling people, hey, man, you know what? I don't need to smoke that weed, man. I got saved, man. I got, I got Jesus in my life, man. I have, you know, I was just like a freaked out hippie, man. I had long hair. Everybody was a hippie back when I was a, a kid, you know. If I'm spitting, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> Usually I can spit to the fourth aisle, man. That's the anointing. So watch out, kid. I get you saved this morning, amen. Get some Holy Ghost spit on you, man. Amen. You just wipe it off. I feel it. Yes. And I'm telling you what, you know, they, you know, a preacher. We used to have this book. It was called Preaching, and it had this uh, big round head with a great big old mouth, and he's preaching. And if you look up the word preaching, you know, it's, a, it's, it's talking about heralding the word and spit and, and froth and shouting. You guys gotta listen to me! Right? The king is speaking, you know. And there was a guy that would go stand in the middle of town Amen. and shout the will of the king. And the king has said, you know, and whatever the king said, that's what the people have to do. It was called a herald. Later on, it was translated into Herald, but that, that's what it is. And that's what preaching is. Preaching isn't supposed to be this thing that massages you into good, feeling good, and, and tells you you're God's babies, and Jesus loves you, and here, hold this little lamb. You know, you deserve to hold Jesus' lamb, you know. And we all see those pictures of Jesus holding a lamb, you know. Jesus is the lamb. The Bible says he's the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, slain. He's a murdered lamb. Oh, you know, the, the, the gospel is a bloody religion. It's, uh, you know, uh, where Jesus says, uh, take my blood and drink it. You know what he's saying? You know, the Bible says the life is in the blood. And he's saying, take my life and drink it. Get some life inside of you. Real gusto. Not Coors, not Budweiser. This is a real drink. Amen. Amen. You know what? And, and the Bible says his blood speaking better things than that of Abel. Abel's blood cried out, oh, I'm being killed by my brother. Jesus' blood says, I'll save you, resurrect you, make you a brand new life. Even if the devil can. Job said, when the worms have eaten my body, I know I'm going to see God. Hallelujah. I'm going to come through this like gold. He says, I know my Redeemer liveth. And he begins prophesying Jesus Christ in the middle of a trial. In the middle of boils and sickness and pain. 
He begins to say, you know what? I know my Redeemer liveth. He's going to stand upon the earth in the latter days. And when the words of evil are said, I'm going to see God. Hallelujah. And when he prophesied, you see, all these prophecies are amazing. You know, the guy that prophesied the star, he says, a scepter shall arise and a star in Jacob. And they, the, the men in the east, you know, these wise men, that star over there. It says, and a scepter. You know what a scepter is? It's a king's rod. You know what? A king is being born. You see, these men put two and two together. And they found a prophecy. You know why they found a prophecy? Because the Bible was in Persia. And the Jews had taken that. They had been captured. They had been taken away captive to Babylon, and they got taken away to Shushan, the palace, and there they were, they, they were that's where Nehemiah and Ezra, those books began, and, and you know, here's these magis in the desert out there with prophecies about a star. Oh, that's all they had was a star. Man. They said, come looking for the king. He's walking to Jerusalem. Come looking for the king of the Jews. His wife, a quarter of a billion dollar house, man, of the 
east side of Gallup, New Mexico, you know, and he, he lives that, like, like he lives great. I still got his phone in my car. I said, hey, how you doing? His kids loved me, man. You know, you, you talk about somebody that's connected to me. Me and that all hit me, man. We're, we're brothers. Another guy used to go to the jails in, in Gallup, you know, and, and uh, he got saved and then he went to the pen. When he got out of the pen, he came straight to the church looking for me. But you know, I never let go of that experience, man. God touched my heart and I went to the whisper. I knew I wanted to be a Christian. I knew I didn't want to be what my family was. You know, his, his, all his brothers are junkies. His, his, uh, his dad's in the pen, you know, for trafficking heroin and on and on. Just, it just goes down the line. You, you know what I'm talking about, man. It, it, this, you know, the world is a ghetto. The prophetical words of war. Anybody know war? The world is a ghetto. Don't you know? Yeah. You know, that was my last concert. I ran through the parking lot, cranked up the pipe, went into the stadium, over in the baseball stadium over here by Tempe, and I snuck in to see war, man, and it started raining. I didn't get to see nothing. <laughs> the band left, and all that for nothing. That was my life, man. man. You know what? My life was totally dedicated. Totally dead. dedicated to sin, but one day it became totally dedicated you know, when people get saved, they get saved, man. You're here this morning, man, because you got saved. You got a relationship with God. And all the rest of your life, you'll spend looking at that saying, wow, wow, I got saved. That's talking about me. Look what the Word of God says. Look what the Bible says. Amen. That's, this is real in my life. This, was, this seed was planted in my heart. Man, this is real. Thank God I'm saved. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 22, Hebrews 12, verse 22. I love the scripture. I love it, man. Count me, I love it. This is the gospel in a nutshell. Right here, man, it's like like, 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 like a little container of, of uh, nuclear power, man. Verses inside of your heart. And shows you who we are, what we are. Where we come from, the mind of God for us. Look at it says. But you're come this morning, this is us, the church. But you're come to Zion, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men, made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. See that you refuse not him that speaketh. Amen. Father God, I pray words, Lord God. I pray uh, anointing. I pray help. I pray the witness, the testimony of God in every heart this morning. Let us leave this place, amen. Moved and directed and wanting to do something, live for you, make impact upon the earth uh, because you're so real and you're so ready and able to touch people. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, this, this scripture is so bursting with the life of God, with covenant, uh, with a new deal. Amen. That's what covenant means. It means a new deal, the New Testament. Jesus said, this is my new testament.
Testament. Amen. This is my covenant. This is the couple of, amen, of the New Testament. Drink it as often as you will. You know, when you do it, remember me. Remember my suffering and remember, amen, hallelujah. You do show the Lord's death until he comes. He said he's not going to drink that cup until he comes again. You know, when, he, when we get raptured, amen, we're going to be up there, amen, hallelujah. What are we going to do? We're going to go drink and eat with him. That's the first line of business is the marriage supper of the Lamb, amen. We go, you know what? Hey, wait, hold it. <clears throat> Sit down. Take this cup. Here, all you guys are going to eat together. Hallelujah. We're going to fellowship with God. We're going to get raptured. You know, people are looking for America in the last day's deal. You know, where does America fit in the scheme of, of the end times? You know, you know, uh, America is uh, going down with all the rest of the planets. I mean, with all the rest of the, the countries. They're going to get destroyed with all the rest of them. You know why? Because the saints are going to get raptured. We're not going to be there. Leave them away. Nobody to protect America. Just say, don't do that. Do this with me. We're going up in the first resurrection. This is seen that when I'm in this fellowship when I first got saved. You ever hear it? I'm going up. I'm going up. I'm going up in the first resurrection. You know why I'm saying? Because there's two resurrections. There's a resurrection of the church and of everybody that's saved and has the testimony of Jesus. And then, Hallelujah, we're going to come back to riding horses, man. Like cowboys, like Navajos. With horses, you know. We come back riding horses, amen. With the greatest horse rider that ever rode a horse, Jesus. You know, the Bible said, you know, I saw the Lord coming with 10,000 saints to execute judgment upon all the ungodly. And the Bible says at that time that Jerusalem's going to be surrounded. Uh, surrounded by hate. You know, we'll probably see, we're already seeing the surrounding of Jerusalem. You know who's on the north border? The Syrian border or the north border of Israel? That's the Syrian border. Russia, Iran, even Turkey's wanting to put people there. What, are they, what business do they have? You know, they're looking upon Israel. Israel's very wealthy. Israel is one of the wealthiest nations in the world right now. And they're looking, man, to take Bible says booty. You know what booty is? That ain't the word the brother said in South Wind. No booty. I know where your mind going. Get your mind out there. That's a pirate word where when you come in and rip people off of your wife. You know, pirates would rob other ships and take the booty off and take the gold and the silver and take the power. You know what? Israel is sitting on top of a lot of oil. It's the Middle East. It's a nation where, where the ground is like, you know, people think that, 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 that the Jews are just these dumb people that went in there and, and got back in there and, 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 you know, we can take their land. We can scheme on what they got. They never had respect for the Jews. Russia and Germany have never had respect. And most of Europe, for that matter, and I would even dare say that in the United States there's a lot of Jewish haters. You know, I got, I got a son-in-law that graduated from NAU, you know, he's got psychology, uh, this and that, you know. And, and you know what he gets that Jews? What business does he have not liking Jews? We don't worry about not liking Jews, we don't worry about people not liking Mexicans. What do you worry about Jews for? What, are, what does the Jew have to do with me? You know what? You know what, the, what it 
demonic strategy. They wrote this book. See, God separated the Jewish people. Whenever you separate yourself to do something from God, you're going to have opposition left and right. You're going to have the devil hating on you. It's going to be a hate fest on your life. That's what it is. Write that down, man. There's a hate fest upon anybody that would live godly, that would serve God. Because the devil, he's the biggest hater in the world. He hates God. He can't stop God. So he tries to stop his image. And you are an image of God. Hallelujah. That's who we are. Now, uh, you know, we, I asked brother, I said, we ain't got to sing that song, I lay in Zion for a, for a, uh, what? For a, I lay in Zion. For a, a stone. We don't know that. I even put music, little music things, talking about, sing that song, you know. <laughs> but, but he's laying in Zion a cornerstone, yeah. a witness, amen, a, a reference point, <clears throat> amen. He says, I lay in Zion now, and that's Jesus, the rock. Oh, I lay in Zion for a foundation, there's a stone. That's what we are, we're foundational. You know, we're, we're fundamentals Christians, amen. We believe, you know what the fundamentals of Christianity is? Salvation by the blood of Jesus. Amen. The, the second coming of Jesus. Those are the foundations. Amen. And we're a fortress. The church is a fortress to cast out demons. It's a stronghold to overthrow darkness. And we're called to be seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You know, this thing's seated. Most of you guys are thinking like it's seated like that. But the Bible says we're positioned. We know, we're, this seat is an office. It's a position in the heavens. It's a position where we cast out devils. We bind that. We overthrow. You know, the, that, that ability to cast out the devil has been given to the church. And the Bible says we have an innumerable company of angels to help us. Fear not, amen. Listen, church, you're not alone. Sometimes we feel like, you know, everybody in the job hates me because I'm a Christian, because I won't drink with them, because, uh, you know, I, I don't do what they do. You know, here, here you are at lunchtime, you're praying for your food, you're thanking God, you know, you're bowing, you know, before a holy God. And, and people, you know what, man, they, they have no respect for that in the day that we live. Yeah. You want to say that we're a cult? We're God's cult, though. Amen. Amen. You know, uh, 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 let's go to Second Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter four. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse one to seven says these words. It says, "We have this ministry. Amen. As we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden works of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully." But by manifestation of the truth, committing ourselves to every man's conscience. And you know what that's talking about? Is that we're not walking in, in darkness. We're not walking with our eyes closed. We're not walking in sneakiness or trickery. We're walking in the light of God. We're walking in the glory of God. It says that the light of the glory of God is shining on our And that's what the church is, you know. I was telling my sister at breakfast this morning that, you know, when God looks down, he sees a bunch of lights. 
Every one of you has a light from heaven. He sees your light. Jesus says you're the light of the world. And you see, these lights are amazing. How many have ever read in uh, James chapter 1, verse 16? It says, Don't err, my beloved brother. It says, Every good and perfect gift cometh down from the Father of light. See, He's the Father of light. That means that you're, we become light. When we become born again, boom, man, our light begins to shine. Being born again in the Spirit means that you begin to shine the light of God. And that's what it's all about. It's about shining the light of God. Jesus says, you're the light of the world. And a city that is set on the hill cannot be hid. You can't hide what you got. What you got is real. What you got is powerful. What you got is wonderful. It's excellent. It's amazing. It's from Jesus Christ. And it's the light of God. Hallelujah. It's born again. It's a brand new rebirth. Hallelujah. And it testifies. See, this is what the light does. It testifies purity, goodness, and power. You know, because there's power, there's light. And inside of you, there's power of the Holy Ghost. And there's light, hallelujah. And that light even shines in the darkness. Glory to God. And the darkness cannot comprehend it. Praise God. The darkness cannot overcome it. You know, you know, light has to testify. I like children because children believe that everybody should get saved. You know, children How come they're drinking, Grandpa? You should get saved. You know? And the children are just like that, man. They're just so pure. They're just so real. And that's what's wonderful about the light is that it testifies. You know, I was thinking about it as I was raising my hands and we were singing those songs. I was thinking, why am I holding my hands like this? I feel like a criminal at the court, you know. You justified to say the whole truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, how God. Jesus is alive. Amen. And that's a testimony. That's what test you're testifying in court. You know, some guys are just used to being like this, you know. So used to being in court. Some people, amen, they raise up their hands, amen. They give glory to God. Hallelujah. They put that testimony way up there. And they shine, man, powerful. And then some people, they, they got their flag at half mast, you know. <laughs> <laughs> How's your testimony doing, brothers and sisters? Huh? Your testimony half mast? <laughs> you all give glory to God. Shout out to the victory, amen. Enjoy the presence of God. You guys should kind of remind me of a Mexican church. I, you know, I go to Mexico to preach. You guys just shout loud. You know? It's not about uh, the quality of the song, how good the sister did the guitar, or nothing like that. You know, it's, it's just about sing it loud, you know, shout it out, hallelujah, glory to God. It's worshiping God, rejoicing. You know, you go into those Mexican churches, man, and they got concrete floor, man. Concrete walls, just the, the sound is echoing off the wall, man. Ah, just blasting out, man. Praise, shouting joy, gladness, amen. Jesus Christ. You see, this is this is what the church is. The church is that city on a hill 
that cannot be here, that's not supposed to be here. You don't put it under a bush. You don't hide it. You don't weaken it. You don't water it down. You just tell it like it is. You shout it out. Amen. There's men in this church, amen, that you know what? You should be going to that conference, getting direction from God, and say, God, I need to do something. I don't have a lot of time. I need to do something for you. Amen. I want to live for you. I want to go for you. I want to go. What did Isaiah say? Lord, send me. I'll go. Amen. Go ye into all the world and teach all. You know, go ye. There's this guy that's in China. I always just say, I see him in Albuquerque at Walmart. Or hey, go ye, man. I see he'd be over there in the other aisle. I'd say, hey, man, the Bible says go ye. I ain't hassling him, man, because he always said he wanted to preach, but then he didn't go. Now he's in China. Yeah. <laughs> if nothing else, let me be the harasser of the saints, you know. <laughs> I mean, you know what? I, I remember praying for Tony Lerma. I was telling you guys about that part, the heroin addict, you know. You know what, man? I prayed for him and it was true. I don't need that church anymore. I'm too scared, man. Take him with me. You know, he got touched by God. Oh! <laughs> you know, I began to see miracles, you know. You know, what I, you know my father, that, that, that I went to go tell my father, hey, can you tell me about you? You know, he, my father was sad for about six months. I mean, he told me about Jesus. He would have been still telling me about Jesus having passed away. That's all he would do is sit in his room, play the guitar, and sing, and then go to church, teach Sunday school, and, and just be involved. You know what I mean? This involvement, man, makes you effective. And if you don't know about involvement, go to your pastor. Go to your pastor and wife and just, hey, how do I get involved? I'm ready to get involved. You know, let's, let's get involved in the things of God because that's what the church is. The church, amen, it's the scene of dominion. It's the highest place on earth. It's Zion. You know, Zion was the, the fortress of Jerusalem. It's where all the battle of strategy and that the, the castle was. And the warfare happened in Zion. That's what Zion's about. That's why they hate the Zionist Jew. Because he's radical. Because he's ready to throw down and fight for what he believes. He's the warrior Jew, you know. See, it's one thing to just be a Jew, you know, that's out there farming in Israel. But but the warriors, even the young ladies have to join the military. They have seven Arab nations at their borders. You know what the Jew says? We have them surrounded. That's right. They ain't worried about them. They're ready to fight, man. They're fighters. They fought their way in and they're there to stay. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, Jerusalem has been overthrown. It's been burned with fire three times. It's called the city of peace. It has never known peace. And they asked for it. Jesus said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, that killeth the prophets. You know, Zechariah, in the book of Zechariah 12, 1, 2, and 3, let's go there. You know, the, the church is a place, man, where you prepare yourself for end times. You gotta be prepared for the last days, you know. What do you expect, man? You expect me to come over here and just uh, preach a good sermon? That, you know what, man? Jesus is coming. He is coming. He is, he is coming. And he's coming on the. He's coming with power. And check this out. Let's go to Zechariah chapter twelve. Go to Zechariah. 
We're kind of at the end of the Old Testament. Zechariah chapter 6. Very powerful words, verse 6. This is the day we live. It's the burden of the Lord, of the word of the Lord for Israel, saith the Lord, which stretches forth the heavens and layeth the foundation of the earth, and formeth the spirit of man within. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all the people. Round about, they shall be in siege both against Judah and against Jerusalem. It's amazing that he says Judah. And you know, that's all there is is Judah and Jerusalem now. Israel was wiped out completely, man, by the Assyrians. I didn't know that. And all there is is Judah and Jerusalem in the day that we live. And there's other there's people that know their tribes because they follow their their lineage, but you know, but that's all that exists in the land is Judah and Jerusalem. And in that day will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all the people in that burden themselves with it to be cut in pieces, though all the people of the earth be gathered against it. Now all the people gathered against Jerusalem, why? Look at verse 9. And it shall come to pass in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. See, this book, if you don't study that book out, all the nations are surrounding Jerusalem. And you know, the, the last Donald Trump of God has sounded. <laughs> hey, that sounds like false doctrine. You know what, Trump? He said, Jerusalem is the eternal city. The eternal. Look at spiritual Donald Trump, you know? Who's in, who's in casino owning Rowdy Trump? Talking like that? You know what? God get the word sinner and he puts him in a seat of leadership. He says, if these people that call themselves Christians won't honor me, I'll go get the worst thug in New York City, amen, to do a few things for me. Amen. Well, that's what happened, man. I'm sorry if you're not a Trump-loving person. Personally, I love him. I grew up with guys like, I understand him. You know what I mean? Being trump -o. <laughs> I like trumpet. The Bible says that the trump of God shall sound and the dead shall rise. Put that word you want to, I like it. <laughs> Listen. Since Reagan, since Reagan, Jerusalem has been declared the capital city of Israel. And not anybody, not Carter, now, no one had the guts to declare that they were trying to do this peace process thing and, and, and not offend the, the Arabs and, and keep the Jews from uh, fighting them or, or, or living in there. And get out of that settlement. You, you can't settle there, you know. And here the United Nations is all trying to protect the wrong side of the camp. The doctor comes out and says, oh, yeah, yeah. If you, if, if, when he was running for president, if, if you win, will you stand with this? We have no greater ally than Israel. Don't you just love the way that guy talks? Man? He, just, he says it with just a bald-faced attitude. You're not supposed to talk like that. The United Nations are freaking out. You know what I mean? Backing Jews. You don't back the Jews, you know? Hitler won't like him. <laughs> The whole world is set against God's people. Yeah. Second 
Psalm. How many know the second Psalm? Glorify the heathen rage and the people in action in vain thing they set themselves against the Lord and against his anointing. Everybody from Jesus to all of God's people to all of the prophets. Murdering six million on a world scale. And you know what? They rise up and become mighty. Mighty through God. Through our God, we shall do valiantly. And then, you know, people that know their God, man, they do valiantly. They do amazing things. They become leaders. They become amazing. You know what I'm saying? Hallelujah. You know, I, I, I don't want to brag, but my daughter's a lawyer. Man, ain't no Felix ever graduated from college. You know, when, when, did we betray college and we dropped out of that too? <laughs> ain't no Felix ever going to college. You know, you know, my family, we were out there, you know, migrant farm worker. Oh, we were glad to work in Surprise or Glendale or, uh, you know, Avondale. Go out there, man, pick cotton, pick corn, pick our noses, and pick onions, too. I remember the onions, man. You ever been hit with an onion in the head? They're fun to throw, man. Better than a snowball. When you go up around out there in the fields, man, you know, you know a, a Mexican out there, he, he looks forward to me. He looks up to the concrete fish. You know, we, our mom brought us into the city and bought a house in South Phoenix. And I became a concrete finisher. I, I moved up in the world. I ain't going out there to the fields no more. I'm going to be a concrete finisher. You know what Daniel Boone told uh, Jim Bowie at the Alamo when he said, Daniel showed up with the army? He said, Man, you know, I'm concrete finisher. <laughs> He actually said, "Look on the roofers, on the roofers are here." <laughs> Why do Mexicans have no rags? So they don't have to get out of their car and take the rest. You smart, man.
that night, man, and I walked home saying, I don't believe in God, I don't believe in God, I, I can't do this, I ain't got time for Jesus. No way, I don't believe in God, I don't believe. man, I tried to get Jesus out of my heart. I went to the bars and got drunk, man, and I would go to work, man, thinking that they, they give me all the beer I wanted at work, you know, probably finishing with all these drinks, they have the booze and the drug, they're in the alley drinking, they're drinking all the time. There I was filling myself up with beer and trying to forget Jesus, man. And in all of that process, I get saved in the drunk tank. This guy walked in the drunk tank, man. This guy didn't even preach. He just, just walked up on a big cross, right like the cross was going to emanate on him. He wasn't a preacher. I knew, man, I knew he represented the God of my father. The God that changes lives and makes people act crazy and roll in the carpet and shout and act stupid, you know. And, and, and I thought church was for old ladies and, and uh, children and, and I, don't, I don't want to be part of the church. And I got saved. Man, I got, I mean, God overwhelmed me with love, man. All I can remember was the love of those hippies. The love of the white man. White men had this ability to speak. I remember getting taken to a Baptist church and it was a white man that laid hands on me and says, Jesus loves you, son. Pray this prayer. And he just cared about me. And my teachers were white and they, they had this love, man, for us. They cared. And you know, I communicated that to white people who cared, you know what I mean? I had no reason to hate white people. My schools and everybody, I was defending Pat. There was a white man next to me named Mr. Williams when I was a little baby, man. He was a World War II veteran. He used to walk up to me, Gary, go my day, little Mexican, come here. <laughs> and then he picked me up, man, and loved me. And you know what, man? I was loved by people. I was picked up, picked up by, by EMTs and taken to the emergency hospital by white people. White people want to take care of me in a white term. Even in jail, the prison guards, man, became my friends. You know what? See, we can make impact. We don't care. Our whole world is hurting for love. And they're looking for love in all the wrong places. And they're desperate, man, for a church that loves people. And you're a church, I can tell you, you like good preaching. You've already been infected with the gospel conversion and outreach bringing people in and having great evangelists preach, man. You know what, man? We've all been saved. We all have uh, some of Pastor Mitchell's genes in us, man. We've been fathered in the gospel to love a radical, on-fire liberty God. We can raise up preachers right out of this congregation and send them out and, and, and not worry about, you know, uh, you can't do that. Has he been ordained? <laughs> I can't roll over here. Even the wives and the sisters in this church, man, are like, watch out, let me out. I want to do so for God, man. You take great victory in somebody's sake. You know what? That's what that's what the testimony. That's what that's what being in the church. First church whose names are written in the book of life. We're seeing radical things happen in Jerusalem. We're living in the land. We don't have a lot of time. What we do, we must be not, church. 
Amen. We must pray our prayers. Live for God. Go and speak to people. Share the gospel. Tell people, Heather. Come to church. Hear this guy preach. Watch this movie or do whatever to be involved in. Amen. If you're a leader in this church, I want to let you I want to just tell you, man, that you know what? There's a whole fellowship out there ready to come and hate you. You're not alone. The spirit of revival is in this fellowship, burning heart. And I, I love that about this. I, I'm still here. I'm still involved. And I still become, you know, I, I moved to Chile. Now, now you got to understand the reservation is 400 miles and about 60 miles from Albuquerque all the way to the Red, North River of the Red Canyon. And uh, in the middle of all of that is a little town called Chile. I lived about 100 miles away from there. And I wanted so bad to be involved in reservation work, setting up the tents, resting, just being in the middle of all that. So one night, because I wanted it so bad, I felt God speak to me. You know, move to Chile, get involved. I already been around, I'm not moved for the last three years. What the heck? For the last years of my life, doing something for God, supporting Him greatly. And I remember going to that church, and there were like about 100 people there. I said, you know where are you? God told me he's going to give you 300 people. And we're having services that touch right under 300 right now. I'm seeing God fulfill that prophecy. You know, the involvement. I got to pour that concrete floor. I got to help build that church. I got to be involved. You know? I'll tell you guys, folks, you know what? There's, there's, there's a lot more. Ask God for more. If you don't know what to ask for, just say more, Lord, more. 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 And let's bow our heads.